right, everybody, welcome into another episode of the Sports Ethos Celtics podcast. I am your host, Patrick Lounsbury. Usually I'm joined with my co-host, Lucas Gaynor. Unfortunately, he's not here today due to some work complications in our schedules. You know, we have, we're supposed to record last night. Uh, however, I um, ended up having a lot of allergies, so I took a Benadryl. Totally missed out on that. But no worries. Uh, we're here for you today. I'll be here to always give you guys that content. Uh, Lucas would be here if he wasn't working. So we'll try to do better at, at scheduling and getting uh, the shows out together. But today you got to deal with me in the solo. So we're going to be talking and going over game two against the Bucks, as well as kind of going over some things for the game three preview as we're a day away from the Milwaukee Bucks and Celtics facing off in game three. Um, just going into into this game two, man, a lot to really touch on. The Celtics made a lot of adjustments, came out a lot better than they did in game one. And one of the most notable things that I wanted to point out about this team coming into game two was, you know, they got knocked. They knocked, got knocked pretty hard in that first game. Let's be real. Uh, I thought the Celtics just got bullied. Uh, Milwaukee Bucks came in to the garden and said, you know what? We're defending champs. This is not going to be an easy series. Even without Chris Middleton, we are going to make sure that you guys have to work hard. If you're going to knock us out and respectively. So they, they played a really high uh, intense game, uh, knocked uh, the Celtics out of a lot of things they were trying to do. And, you know, you may even admitted that they, they thought they all admitted that they thought that they got out, out physical throughout that game. You know, you had the injury to Marcus Smart. So no Marcus Smart in game two. He ended up getting ruled out. Huge uh, opportunity for the Bucks to to take two games on the road to start off the series and really put the Celtics in a hole. And the Celtics didn't fold, man. The, this team came out with a lot of aggression and stability between each other of just trusting one another and playing really hard. I thought it was interesting too. The the first bucket came from a Jalen Brown mid-range. And I remember in the game one that Tatum and Brown combined for one mid-range bucket made all game one. So already off to a to a start where they're trying to address some things and, and not settle for the open threes like the Bucks were trying to get them to do as much in game one. I thought in the first quarter, Jalen Brown was just going nutty. Uh, crazy first quarter. And then you also have to think about Horford on Giannis, great defense, man. Ooh. Horford has been able to play a lot of uh, one-on-one with Giannis at times and not pay the price. Not a lot of players in the league can do that, man. Uh, you know, Lucas and I have stated many times in the past that we think that Giannis is the best player in the NBA. And seeing guys like uh, Al Horford being able to keep up with him in a one-on-one scenario, that's really tough. You know, it's a, it's a big task to ask for a really older player, veteran player like Al Horford, but he's been answering the call and he's been doing it time after time. Uh, Giannis was really struggling with the one-on-one battle to start out. And you can't, you couldn't have asked for a better start from, from the Celtics in this game. They were covering Giannis so well that he was 0-5 to start the game with a turnover. They were pushing the pace against a lot of the re- retreating defenses uh, the Milwaukee Bucks had. They're moving the ball a lot. They had the three makes and and three assists right off the rip. It, it was a quick fifteen to three Celtics run to start this game. Uh, Jalen Brown also, like I said, he was going crazy in this first quarter, and he had this play on Grayson Allen, and he snatches his ankles. Man, I'm trying to give him a good crossover, pulls up, 
mid-range jumper at the 406 mark of that first quarter and, and just nails a jumper as he makes Grayson Allen fall to the floor. Oh, man, I'm, I'm talking about Jalen Brown was in his zone, and you kind of knew it, he was going to get into his zone. They are talking about his hamstring after game one, and he's, he was very focused and just saying that, uh, hey, you know, we, we got to come out with a lot more aggression. And you saw the look in Jalen Brown's face to start this game, and you knew he was going to take that personally. He, he made sure that this team came out on a good note, put the team on his back in the beginning of this game and, and really drove from there and set the tone. So you got to respect Jalen Brown coming out with uh, with a lot of integrity there and setting the tone for the Celtics. That first quarter, he had 17 points on six of seven field goal, and he also was three of three from deep. Uh, just a masterclass start from Jalen Brown. Uh, I also thought that Al Horford was really crucial throughout this game. He's just so timely, man, with, with some of his makes and makes the right plays with the passes. And then defensively, they were locked in. They were extremely locked in. I thought uh, Boston was doing a good job of not overreacting to Giannis, playing the one-on-one game there, and really making things tough on everybody else. Ultimately, you know, you're limiting Giannis's ability to play make with his gravity when you play him one-on-one. You don't have that second defender giving him easy passing lanes to to get out of. So he kind of goes up with a more forceful shot and ultimately making it harder on Giannis to, to really do much with his game. Uh, Jalen Brown stayed pretty hot in that second quarter. He was seven, eight from the floor, four, four from three. He had up to 20 points when the Celtics had that 42 to 25 point lead with six fifty eight in that second quarter. And then um, we got to talk about our boy, Grant Williams, man. I know Lucas said that, the the key X factor to this series was Robert Williams. And I had stated that it was going to be Jay, uh, Jason Tatum. I think we're both wrong. Uh, after watching game two, I think the key X factor is Grant Williams, man. The ability that Grant Williams has to stay squared with his body and with his brute force. He had a couple moments on Giannis where I was like, man, Giannis isn't even moving him. He was ultimately able to stop some of Giannis's uh, momentum and keep him from getting to places on the court that he usually gets to with ease, especially in a one-on-one situation. So seeing that Grant Williams is stepping into that role was really special. And just to, to put on top of things, right, you know, Grant Williams playing great defense in this series. He's shooting well as well on the offensive side, taking smart shots, hitting those corner threes. Grant Williams also leads – in three-point shooting percentage. He's at 55.2% in the playoffs. That's the highest among every player of shooting at least a minimum of 23-pointers. So Grant just shooting lights out from deep in this in this playoff stint. He's been really good in the first series, and he's been great in the second series. So looking for Grant Williams to continue staying on that course and being that X factor for Boston that they really – they really need. And I thought also the ball movement was really good. No mark is smart. So a bit of a concern with just having Derek white. And when he sits out as well, Derek white didn't have a great box score. You go look at the box score and you're probably thinking like, wow, Derek white struggled, but ultimately he was a really good uh, playmaker for the Celtics in this game too. crucial moments from him, his ability to be able to, 
create space for others and penetrate defenses and get the ball into the right hands. I thought that Derek White had himself a really good playmaking game, and that's something that people have really not noticed as much, I think, and appreciated about Derek White. Lucas and I always talk about it, and as much as we want his shot to come around, and that would be a huge boost, huge boost. I think if Derek White is shooting well, there's no team that can beat us because of how good he is everywhere else. He's so good defensively. He's so good at keeping the ball in motion and running the offense and playmaking that even when he's not shooting, he's not hurting the team. He had the highest plus minus in this game, plus 22. So seeing Derek White have that masterclass of that role, taking on the responsibility of no, uh, no Marcus smart and the Celtics didn't fold in this one really well. Jalen Brown ended up finishing as well for uh, 25 points in that first quarter, uh, first half. And Boston had a 25 point lead, 65 to 40 at half. Uh, I'm telling you, Celtics were just making the Bucks pay for the blitz, man. Bucks are going to play the same defense probably throughout the series. And ultimately, it's the Celtics going to have to not sell too much for the threes, hit the open ones when you really have time. And that they're in the hands of a really good shooter. Grant Williams wide open in the corner. Cool. Shoot it. You know, maybe it's Derek white. Maybe he drives and kicks and tries to find a different shooter and take advantage of the blitz. The Milwaukee bucks collapse, man. They really collapse whenever there is a, uh, ultimately a thing with as far as a drive, they all collapse. They gravitate towards the ball. When anybody drives Celtics took a good look at that and took advantage of moments like that which ultimately led to them hitting shots and getting into areas where they like to be and able to knock down uh, a lot of open jumpers and also get to the mid-range. I thought we did a good job of of taking advantage of the mid-range more in this game. So it's going to be interesting to see how the Bucks adjust because the Celtics have just been doing the the screens a little bit more far out. So when the drop coverage happens, you the Celtic player coming off the screen he's not switching you got the drop coverage and now you got more space to work with right more downhill momentum more room to attack and you can attack and they can keep dropping and you can pull up for a mid-range jumper and now you're beating that that defense right you're beating the drop defense so gonna be interesting to see what bud does as far as adjustment wise in that sense um tatum was having a pretty rough night when driving and putting the ball on the ground in that first half and a little bit in that third quarter, but he started to get it back, man. Uh, Tatum was pretty big down the stretch. It just seems like when Jalen Brown is really on in the first half, Tatum takes it home in the second half. It, it seemed like one of those nights. They kind of felt faltered a little bit in that third. I thought the they went away from their ball movement for a second, and ultimately the Bucks started kind of climbing a little back, a little back, getting there, getting there, and then the Celtics kept pulling back away. Uh, I also thought. Robert Williams, man, he had that block against Giannis in the third at the 756 mark. He blocked Giannis with his elbow. He got up so high, anticipated Giannis's shot so well, he blocked his elbow. He blocked it with his elbow. Elbow hits the ball, blocks it. And uh, they did a lot of good things in frustrating Giannis. Their ability to, to stay on the attack and not let him get comfortable throughout this game was crucial, crucial, because by the time that Giannis started to, like, get going, too late, too late, 
So just a very interesting uh, tactic there by Boston, uh, disrupting Giannis enough, at least for one half. Like that's all you got to do. Like he's great, but missing Middleton's is going to hurt. So you disrupt him for a half and, and you can, you can advance with that. That's stuff you can live with. That's how you get the, the victories against this Milwaukee Bucks team. Uh, I also thought that uh, there's been a lot of pass-ups, sometimes good opportunities at the rim, and they're passing up for threes. I think the Celtics can look at some of those uh, drop-off passes a little bit more and not settle too much for the kickout. I think we're over overpassing at times, and I know that's like being nitpicky, and I'm not trying to be the nitpicker. You know, we, we literally got game two win. It was really commanding fashion, but I think it could have been easier – inside then we made it because we were a point of attacking that defense sometimes we got through the crack and instead of like just going up and, and like getting what was there we still pass out and and go for the open shot yeah we were hitting the shots tonight but i think those are the moments those are the moments the ema is talking about of you know once you have a good drive and you're up right there like Go up with it, man. Just just finish it right there. You're already there. Get the finish. You're good. So I think um, uh, the Celtics did a good job of knocking down their shots. Uh, Bucks really try to climb back. And I also think that the Bucks did a good job of pushing, but the Celtics responded. Uh, they they were then the Celtics started hitting everything. They were up twenty one with one fifty two left in the third, and they went on an eight zero run and pushed the lead back up. You know, and the Celtics kind of just carried this victory all the way into the fourth quarter. And you got the bench guys to come in and and ultimately get a victory at home, huge victory. Lucas and I were talking about that. It was a must win. Like you can't lose your first two home games to the defending champs in round two, and then go on the road and expect to be favored for the rest of the series. Uh, it was a make-or-break um, game. Celtics responded well. And, you know, there's a lot of talk after after this game, too, that, you know, we're going to go into now. Uh, but Ime said the Celtics talked about defending Giannis one-on-one more, uh, rather than double-teaming him. That's one of Grant's main strengths, guarding guys like that, him and Al. So clearly the assignment was Al Horford and Grant Williams are in whenever Giannis is in, and we're going to play one-on-one. And Giannis is either going to have to find ways to beat those guys or he's going to struggle. No if, ands, or buts. I think that the ability that Celtics have with that is so crucial. And we're talking about like how Robert Williams now gets to play more of a a drop coverage guy. He's kind of hanging over there where Brooke Lopez is and, He's able to kind of play a better help defense now, allowing him to roam more and allowing him to be a, a better rim protector, uh, help defender. And that's one of, you know, I think Robert Williams' strengths. So we're just playing into Robert Williams' strength while also playing into Grant and Al's strengths with that one-on-one defending. Um, also think uh, Ime had a funny quote. He said, the Bucks have good rim protectors, but it's not like Wilt Chamberlain out there. So <laughs> I think what he means by that is like the Celtics got to be more aggressive at attacking and not be scared of getting blocked by their shots. So I think that's a, a great quote by Ime, a pretty funny quote. He, he's pretty animated guy when he wants to be 
Jason Tatum had his, uh, had a wrap on his left hand. He said, my famous trainer, Nick, wrapped my hand up. He's a little excessive, so that's why I look like that. Said he just fell. He's wearing it to keep the swelling down. Um, Jason Tatum also said, we were pissed off. It's how we played last game from top to bottom. We just knew we had to play better. Uh, Jalen Brown said his hamstring is good, and he'll also be ready for game three. He had a little uh, time moments there in game two where it looked like it was flaring up, and he was holding it a bit. But ultimately, he finished the game and looked good. So I think a lot of these gate days off, having that extended three days off, allows for guys like Al Horford and Jalen Brown and, and Jason Tatum to all get some good rest in. Marcus Smart to hopefully get back as well, which we got some news on that we'll get on to later in the show. But great job by you know Celtics finishing out this game and not overextending and have to play 43, 44 minutes in a game two, especially without Marcus Smart, man. And Jalen Brown had this to say, uh, Celtics need Marcus Smart back soon. This series is going to get real grimy, dirty, and nasty, and we need Marcus to do what he does best. Absolutely. Everybody knows that. Marcus Smart is a dog. Like He will lay his whole body on the line. Like Marcus Smart is Boston Celtics. He is the epitome of everything the Celtics are trying to represent physicality-wise. It was wonderful to see us be able to set the tone without him, but we are a different monster with him. And I think getting him back for game three possibly could be a huge boost in sustaining that momentum from game two and trying to carry it over to game three and get a win. Um, Another quote by Jalen Brown. You got to see what the Celtics are about tonight. He said he expects nothing less than a dogfight in game three, and it should be fun. Um, Yeah, I mean, that's self-explanatory. This team is locked in. This team's mindset is so locked in, it has to make Celtics fans proud because this mentality and the way that they're speaking, they're they're not just speaking it, but they're showing it. On the court, they are showing it. And that's something as a fan and somebody who watches and covers the Celtics, I appreciate. Like I appreciate everything that the Celtics were able to, to do as far as fight and come back and not lay over. It would have been so much easier for this team to carry over and just be like, you know what? We just lost Marcus Smart, defensive player of the year. We're down bad right now. Let's fold over. If they could have folded in game two, but this team did not. They came out and they hit Milwaukee Bucks harder than they hit us in game one. So they are definitely prepared for the Bucks to come trying to hit us back even harder than we hit in game two. Uh, here's another little stat line with the Grant Williams defending Giannis in game two. Eight points. On four of ten field goals, one turnover, zero shooting fouls, and nearly six minutes of matchup time. Bucks were seven of sixteen field goal percent, forty-three point eight percent shooting versus Grant in game two, but that was a team best eight four eight point four percent below expected NBA tracking. Grant Williams, man, great defender. His improvements in the offseason, me and Lucas talked about it, man. Lost fifteen pounds for Eme. Eme asked him, challenged him, hey man, I need you to lose fifteen pounds. I need you at the four. You're talking about the guy who is non-existent in the playoff rotation last year. The improvement from Grant Williams from this year to last year, astronomical. No other words to say it. Grant Williams, you could deserve all the praise and more. I don't think you're still getting enough praise. Um, the ability he has to play good offense, but his defense, man, holy mackerel. 
you're talking about defending the best player in the world and doing it in a really good way and staying solid. And you could see Marcus Smart on the sideline coaching up Robert Williams and, and Grant and like explaining how to take fouls and, and take charges on Giannis with his moves. Grant took an elbow to the face on one of his spin moves. Boom. Man, playing position basketball. Solid, solid defense by Grant Williams. So round of balls for Grant Williams. In game two, we are looking forward to seeing if he's able to recreate a lot of that uh, moving forward in game three. Uh, talked about Derek White a little bit. Told you he was plus 22, game high. Had zero points and five fouls. Yeah, zero points, five fouls. That's insane that he was able to do things so efficiently, but here we are, you know, watching the ability from Derek White having an impact without really noticing it on the box score. So shout out to you, Derek White. Thought you played really well in your role and your appreciation and what you did did not go unnoticed from us. Um, Marcus Smart even said on the top of his head, he said, new Derek White was a plus 22 in game two. Pointed out that out when asked about White's impact. Marcus Smart also said there's a strong likelihood he should be able to play in game three. He expects to have his usual impact when he does return. When I come back, I'm coming back to be me. You may also said, while Marcus Smart is listening to his press conference, we don't even need Marcus, honestly. So a little joke, but again, from Ime, he's like, we don't even need Marcus Smart, honestly. Um, clearly, I think the Celtics do need Marcus Smart. I think Ime thinks they need Marcus Smart, but he's, he's being jokingly with uh, Marcus Smart being there. So it was just kind of funny to, to hear Ime joke around with, with Marcus Smart. Also, wanted to go in, you know, we're going on the road now. We're going into Milwaukee game three, right? Some of the expectations is we need to continue with the physicality. We need to be the more more engaged team, more bullied team. Like we have to just like knock people on their butt. Like we need to do that. Uh, a thing that we we did a lot during the regular season, Celtics were road bullies in the second half of the season with 10 wins by plenty, 20 plus points, a plus 15.1 net rating overall. We understand that the playoffs are a way different animal, way different animal. And Celtics are going against defending champions. So, some of the expectations. What what can the Celtics do to win in Milwaukee? The Bucks were so solid at home, especially a year ago in the playoffs. There's a lot to unfold here. There's a lot to unfold. Um, another thing on Marcus Smart is doing much better. You may already said he went through shoot around and will be listed as probable. Um, some other stats here I wanted to lay out before we get into this game three matchup. Jason Tatum is the leading scorer, 28 points and a sister, 17.2 among all forwards in the 2022 playoffs. Just saying, dude's good. Dude's real good. Didn't talk much about Jason Tatum, but he was really good in that game too. At the end, he came in at the end and got on a roll and, and took the Celtics home, brought us home and secured the game two win. So going into game three, some things that we need to focus on. Don't settle for too much threes. Can't go back to the game one mistakes. Game two, look what we build on. Expect the adjustments. Expect the adjustments. Anticipate the adjustments. But 
one thing that we can control is our effort, our point of attack, and being aggressive. It's going to be very important for this team to stay on top of being the aggressive team. I expect this team to have a lot of energy coming out in this game and to totally try to knock the Bucks on their butt, man. They have to. There's there's no other other way to, to put it. Like They need to come out and be as aggressive as possible. Uh, I will be looking to see if Marcus Smart's playing, how Jalen Brown's hamstring's looking. But also, you know, Jason Tatum is probably up for a pretty big game at some point. I know he had like third, 29, I think it was 29 last game and like, he was like 30 something in the first game, but he is up for a big game. Like we need, we need Tatum to show up. Actually, I think he had 19 game one. So expecting a lot from Jason Tatum game three, my, my spotlight's on him. I want to see what Jason Tatum brings. I need Grant Williams to continue with his solid play, be the X factor. Watch our role players on the road. Who's going to rise in the moments when you're in a hostile environment and defending champions in a series where it's one, one and you need to steal a game on the road here to kind of swing things back in our direction. Um, so just a lot there to go into. I, I think that, the Celtics are are going into game three, and I think this one's a dub. Uh, like I said, I had the Celtics in five. I might be pushing more to six, but but five is still on the table. I thought it would be harder for them to win four straight. I thought they would win game one, lose game two, and then kind of win three. But now they have to win four for my prediction to happen. So we're on the road, man. We're we're gonna we're gonna do this, right? Celtics come in, hit Milwaukee heavy. Stay consistent. Jason Tatum comes with a big game. Jalen Brown has come back solid. Marcus Smart return game. I think this could be a big game for Robert Williams as well. I think they need to look at for his drop-off passes a little bit better, and he can get some easy buckets. And Celtics are going to come away with a 116-108 to victory on the road in Game 3 against Milwaukee. That's going to be my prediction. Um. But also, folks, there's no such thing as fantasy offseason, only the pre-draft season. And here at Sports Ethos, the pre-draft season has already begun. Our expert analysts are churning out important lessons learned and draft analysts on incoming rookies so you can get a jump on your prep. We'll have incredible free agency and summer league coverage as well. But only if you're a part of our premium member team. Head to sportsethos.com now and click on the premium tab to grab a fantasy pass today. Seriously, cook yourself one extra lunch per month because it's only $6. And we can't wait to see you there and get that exclusive content from our team. Huge opportunity for you guys to get a hedge in the game, especially for you guys who are really into fantasy. All right. Ultimately, though, guys, I got the Celtics, man. Coming out in game three, continuing build on from game two. We're looking, you know, Lucas and I will probably be on after the game or the next day after trying to give you guys that coverage. Make sure you guys head over to Twitter and watch, you know, go ahead and follow the show at Ethos Celtics. You can also follow me at the Ball and Opinions. You can follow us, Lucas, as well at Luca underscore Gainer for anything Celtics related. 
We also tweet other things other than, you know, Celtic stuff related, but you can always shoot us a DM, man. You can chat with us. You also can head over to Apple podcast, five-star rating. Leave us a review. We appreciate that. Share it with your friends, family members, everyone that you kind of talk to. We would appreciate it greatly. Also head over to Spotify. Make sure you guys leave a five-star rating there as well. We appreciate all the love and support as we do record here on Spotify live. Um, just to give people the live podcast. If you want to come in and talk and chat in our comments while we do a show, ask questions there. We always want like to answer there or sometimes we'll bring up guests. We're really involved with the people who listen, man. We're here for you. Um, Lucas and I also enjoy just covering Celtics basketball, man. So we're really, we're really, really excited to see how game three ends up turning out. Make sure you guys follow up with us as we are going to have that coverage for after game three. Again, thank you guys so much for the love and support. I'm out. Let's go Celtics. Celtics.